0: Welcome back. This is Encounter with God. And before we get into Encounter with God, we have another clue for our quiz because nobody's got it yet. I can't believe this.
1: Yes. I mean, I think it might- Come on,
0: guys. Study the book of Daniel. It's the, like the best book in the Bible.
1: It is actually a pretty hard quiz. I'm not going to lie. Uh, hard? So, yeah. How could it be hard? Because people don't know this. This character is not like a known character at all.
0: Actually, this, here's an interesting clue. This character is not well known to history.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I wonder Very, why. very
0: vague and very, very f- little information about him in history.
1: Well, there you go. That's why
0: it's hard. Most people presume that his nephew was the first king of Babylon.
1: Oh, but he was the first?
0: He was the first. Yeah. He was appointed by his nephew.
1: Okay, okay. Uh,
0: because his nephew still had to go and fight um, you know, Nabonidus, who was still a Babylonian, another Babylonian king, um, who, who was the father of um, Belshazzar and was further down south in the Persian Gulf with a very large and threatening Babylonian army. Ooh. So he had to leave somebody in charge of Babylon while he went and fought Nabonidus and that army before he could actually proclaim himself ruler of all of Babylon.
1: Well, there you go. Never thought you'd get a free history lesson on the radio this morning, did you? Nah. <laughs> who was who, okay. was
0: who was the uncle <coughs> of the person who conquered Babylon? Babylon.
1: Okay, and the third clue is, who am I? I had those who falsely accused Daniel along with their wives and children thrown into a lion's den.
0: Yeah, come on. You all know the story of Daniel in the lion's den.
1: Mm -hmm. Give us a call. Who threw him in there? (laughs) 1-800-FAITH-FM is the number to call if you know the answer. We, of course, will send you the prize.
0: Didn't want to throw him in there. Tried every trick in the book not to throw him in there. But, uh, yeah, got tricked into it.
1: Yeah, he did. He did. He it was kind
0: of a bad move, you know. It was a bit of a bad move on the uh, uh, on the Twisters part on, on on the on the part of the um, people who were moving politically to try and replace Daniel. They wanted Daniel out, they wanted themselves in, mm-hmm. and so then they caused the king to kill the king. They caused the king to kill his own best friend. Yeah, sort of twisted his arm and forced his hand so that he kind of had to. And that place, you know, it's like, well, what do you, what do you actually? Th- yeah, how, d- how happen. do you, you know, the yeah. king is is has the ultimate power. How do you see this going well for you? Yeah, exactly. After this is all over, how do you think? Okay, now the king's going to put us in power. No, he's not going to put mm. you in power. He's going to throw you into a den of lions.
1: Yeah, and not just you, but like your family and your kids and everyone you love. I tell you,
0: this is this illustrates how jealousy blinds people.
1: Yes, yeah, that's so true, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. just turns in, turns people into monsters. Who just lose all reason,
0: Mon? What are you doing to that scarf? I you finished that scarf yesterday. It was no, like way done. No,
1: I finished the body of it, but now I'm doing like because you see how these little ends are sticking out the middle.
0: No, radio doesn't work like that.
1: Well, you see it.
0: So <laughs> it
1: took more than one ball of yarn Let to make this. Let me explain
0: radio to you, Mon.
1: <laughs> it takes more than one ball of yarn to make a scarf. Let me explain that to you. Okay. And uh, and at some point you do have to end the old the uh, the first ball well, and don't start you just, the second. Why don't, why don't you
0: just why don't you just get a bigger ball?
1: Because that doesn't exist, Lyle. Welcome why to don't they?
0: Why don't they make a bigger ball? Surely there is a market for bigger balls Let me give you the phone number young.
1: of Spotlight and Linkraft and you can call them up and be like, hey, what's up, y'all? Yo? <laughs> can you make some bigger... I don't, think I've, I don't big- think
0: I've ever been into either of those <laughs> shops ever in my life.
1: Oh, that's pretty sad. They're my <laughs> favourite shops. Yeah, and so... Bunnings.
0: I go to Bunnings.
1: So, I had to... Um, I have to... So, the, the, the ends where the, the new one starts, the old one finishes, are sort of sticking out like sore thumbs. So, I'm going to weave them into the scarf so they don't stick out. And I've tied... Thread onto the very end of it so I can really weave it down because sometimes it pops up and it looks a bit um a bit like a meerkat sticking its head out of the ground. Oh. so yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, meerkats are kind of cute. I know. I, well, this isn't. Um. So yeah, so I I am weaving the last bit down and then it will basically be done, <laughs> other than the uh than the label. But we are going to stick the label on once we know who's won it because we will make a uh-huh. personalised. Yes, label we will. Property of. Mr. or Mrs. Winner.
0: Mm-hmm. So, That's yeah. right. Okay, so here's what you got to do to win this scarf because we've got had so much interest coming in and everybody wants the scarf and we thought, well, if we just you know do a first call through or answer the quiz, it's just going to be bedlam. So what we're going to do is anyone has the chance to, um, to win this scarf. So it doesn't matter whether you are a live listener or a delayed broadcast listener or even listening later in the day somewhere.
1: Or even if you have no idea which of those you are. <laughs>
0: Even if, That's right, even if you have no idea whether you're on the live show or the delayed show, um, all you've got to do is call us, 1-800-324-843, or text us, 0491-064-669, or message us on um, any of our social media, so that's Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Any of those platforms, send us your name, and we'll put your name in the hat, and we will pull a name out of the hat, uh, when was it, Monday?
1: Well, we need contact details, so name and number. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's do it, helpful, we, well, we, we could do it Monday. maybe Tuesday. Monday or Tuesday. name out of the hat
0: and we'll read it out and like, yeah, we have no idea where this person lives. But.
1: Yes, we, ha- we have had that happen before. People like, they're like, I'd like to win the prize and then, uh, okay, well, we need more than just... And then they hang up. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So do send us your details. Just register um, and we will put your name in the hat, of course, and um, and we'll draw it Monday or Tuesday. And uh, and yeah, and we'll send it out to the winner. So this this. There's, this scarf is a scarf that Lyle challenged me to make live on air uh, to show that I can multitask, here he can't. <laughs> and, um, I think
0: I should win this scarf. You know I, why?
1: <laughs> why? Because
0: it goes with my new car.
1: It, it does. I was thinking that yesterday.
0: It matches my new car. Yeah. It's the color of my new car. Yeah, it my is a- new old car.
1: It is a, it is a beautiful beautiful blue car and a beautiful blue scarf, so- Scarf is very nice, like electric-y kind of a blue, but it's, it's multi, multiple shades of electric blue, so it's really lovely. And, uh, yeah, you can check it out on our, in our, on our socials. Go to, go to Facebook. Go to Faith FM Australia. That's our Facebook, and you can scroll through. You see a picture. I put it up last night of Lyle wearing the scarf and modelling it. So
0: Yeah, yeah we, we named our new car, by the way.
1: Oh, yeah? What your ha- you name it? Has
0: name. It's, it's called Miley.
1: Oh, okay. You went with Miley. You remember Miley. Mm-hmm. How you come? Know, you know why? Why?
0: Because it's a little Suzuki Alto, and it gets good. Mileage.
1: Oh my God. <laughs> 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 I, would, I would hereby <laughs> like to issue an official apology <laughs> for this terrible pun. <laughs> Please don't switch off your best. radio. It's just
0: the best. People I promise think
1: things will get better. It's so hilarious. I Mon, apologize for I can't believe that you're like
0: rolling on the floor in laughter. <laughs> at, at my quality, some quality humor.
1: Oh, Lyle, you're not supposed to be deterring the listeners from listening to our show. All
0: right, Bible study time. Time to do something serious. Let's go to yes. Acts chapter nine. We have a very serious story here. Uh, very, very cool story. Uh, one that... Um, Yeah, it's sort of, wow, it's just a mind blower. So, Mon, Acts chapter 9, and I'm going to have you read for us verses 9 through 26, please.
1: Sure Acts chapter
0: 9, verse 9 through 26. So don't forget to join us, 20 million other people right around the world, all studying Acts chapter 9, verse 19 to 26 on this Thursday morning.
1: You said 9 to 26 or do you want
0: 19 to 26? 19 to 26. Okay. All right. Everybody else can study those extra verses again anyway. They're all good verses.
1: Afterward, he, being Saul, ate some food and regained his strength. Saul stayed with the believers in Damascus for a few days and immediately he began preaching about Jesus in the synagogue, saying, He is indeed the Son of God. All who heard him were amazed. Isn't this the same man who caused such devastation among Jesus' followers in Jerusalem, they asked? And didn't he come here to arrest them and take them in chains to the leading priests? Saul's preaching became more and more powerful, and the Jews in Damascus couldn't refute his proofs that Jesus was indeed the Messiah. After a while, some of the Jews plotted together to kill him. They were watching for him day and night at the city gates so they could murder him. But Saul was told about their plot. So during the night, some of the other believers lowered him in a large basket through an opening in the city wall. When Saul arrived in Jerusalem, he tried to meet with the believers, but they were all afraid of him. They did not believe that he had truly become a believer.
0: Wow, what an amazing story we have right here. Okay, so there's a whole bunch of things that just sort of jump out to me from this particular story. Uh Think about you're a Jewish person, you are living in Damascus, and Christianity arrives, and you've heard a lot about Christianity. It's like, oh no, I can't believe it's arrived here, it's going to destroy everything, it's been such a mess, what are we going to do? Then you hear news that Saul is on his way. Mm-hmm. with murder and mayhem in his heart and a license to kill. Uh-huh. And so it's like, good, we're going to have this solved. And so then uh, Saul turns up and uh, kind of goes into a house and disappears. And it's like, why is there nothing happening? Why is there no action here? Well, maybe he's just sc- scheming his plans and putting them all together so that he can pounce and wipe out Christianity all at once.
1: And maybe they hit on the grapevine that he'd seen a divine vision and became blind.
0: <coughs> maybe they had. Maybe yeah. they had. You never know. And so they're all sort of thinking, well, what's going to happen? And then, of course, Sabbath comes and everybody goes to the synagogue, as Jewish people do, and Paul is there and it's like, cool, we're going to hear this guy is one of the greatest speakers that there is in mm-hmm. all of Judaism. They're looking forward to a, a great sermon denouncing Jesus Christ. And and. he stands up and proves that Jesus is the Son of God and the Messiah in such a powerful way that they cannot answer the objections he is, the, the, things, the points he's raising.
1: You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio.
0: So, Monty, if you were a Jewess at this particular time, sitting there in the synagogue and oh, Paul is… I'd is, be absolutely astounded. And, and, and what would your reaction be?
1: <laughs> um, Man, I'd be oh, You'd think there'd be some sort of practical joke Almost happening, you'd think, you know, hang on is this the Saul, The soul? The killer? Saul, The the Christian killer? You know, and, and it would be so dubious about what he was saying. Do you know what? Right? Do you know what? I would be I would be thinking to myself: This guy is clever. He's coming here. He's going to stand up and preach about Jesus. And he's, he's going to uh, do a Jehu. Yeah, he's, he's 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 incognito. He's trying to he's trying to win his way in, uh-huh. and then he's going to figure out who all the believers are, and then he's going to kill them. He's going to do a switch on them. That's what I'd be thinking. That's mm-hmm. what I'd be thinking. Because mm-hmm. this guy reading? is famous for his, like, you know, he, he's he's a smart cat. He's his oh, like, yeah. own dumb guy. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, <coughs> and that and that has that is actually something that's been done before. You know. Really. Yes.
1: Ah, if
0: there's you go back to the Book of Second Kings. Yes. Uh, let me just find it for you, real quick.
1: Yeah, because you know, there's what other explanation would you possibly accept? And the, I, if I was sitting in the audience, I'd be sitting there with bated, breath, just waiting for like almost like a crescendo, like a bit where he suddenly like just reveals himself to not be a believer, and then suddenly starts you know calling out the guards to round up all the believers. That's what I'd be waiting for. I'd be like, any second now, he's going to reveal himself for what's really going on.
0: Okay, so let's go over to uh, let's go over to Second Kings, uh, chapter ten. 2 Kings chapter 10, there's an interesting story here. Uh, and we will start reading in verse 8. You remember, you remember who Jehu is, right?
1: The one that drives a bit crazy? Yeah,
0: yeah, that's the guy. Yeah. Uh, famous guy because we still talk about those people who drive like Jehu. Uh-huh. He was a maniac on the road um, in his chariot. In, Je- in I was going to say, in Jehu chapter 10. In 2 <laughs> Kings chapter 10 and verse 18, the Bible says, And Jehu gathered all the people together and said to them, I have served Baal a little. But Jehu will serve him much. Now therefore call unto me all the prophets of Baal, all his servants, all his priests. Let none be wanting, for I have a great sacrifice to do to Baal. Whosoever (laughs) shall be wanting, he shall not live. Uh Jehu was a man of action. But Jehu did it in subtlety to the intent that he might destroy the worshippers of Baal. And Jehu said, Proclaim a solemn assembly for Baal. And they proclaimed it. And Jehu sent through all Israel, and all the worshippers of Baal came, so that there was not a man left that came not. And they came to the house of Baal, and the house of Baal was full from one end to the other. And he said unto him that was over the vestry, Bring forth vestments for all the worshippers of Baal. And he gave them vestments. And Jehu went and Jehonadab the son of Rechab into the house of Baal, and said to the worshippers of Baal, Search and look, that there be here with you none of the servants of the Lord, but the worshippers of Baal only. And they went in to offer sacrifices and burnt offerings. Jehu appointed 80 men outside and said, If any of the men who I have brought into your hands escape, he that lets him go, his life shall be for the life of him. And it came to pass, as soon as he made an end of offering, the burnt offering that Jehu said to the guard and to the captains, Go in and kill them. Let none come out. And they killed them with the edge of the sword. And the guard and the captains threw them out. And went, to the c- and went to the city of the house of Baal, and brought out the images of the house of Baal, and burned them. Wow. <laughs> this,
1: this is exactly <laughs> what I'd be expecting. If I was a Jewess sitting in the synagogue watching Paul <laughs> preach, I'd be like, he's about to do a That's his, Yeah, Isn't
0: that a mind-blowing story? Have you heard that story before?
1: I don't think I have. No, Isn't it's, like a, it's one of those crazy. obscure ones.
0: I don't, I've never heard somebody preach a sermon on this story. Yeah, it's, it's one of those stories. is like kind of like wait, now wait, 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 wait. What just happened there? Uh
1: huh. Uh-huh.
0: Did did, did, he, did he do a good thing or did he do a bad thing? You know, he's he's getting rid of the worshippers of Baal, but he's being really deceptive in <laughs> yeah. the process. He's
1: being a spy.
0: Um, you know, is this, is like, how do, where, where do we place Jehu? in, uh, is he a man of faith? Is he not a man of faith? Is he working for God? Is he working for Satan? It's just, you know, it's one of those um, interesting. And if you've got thoughts on that, was Jehu a good guy or a bad guy? Mm. Give us a call, 1-800-324-843. We would love to hear your opinion on this story and whether, if you were sitting there, whether you might be thinking, you know, Saul, maybe he's about to do a Jehu, but do he re- wasn't.
1: Do you reckon the Jews remembered the Jehu story while they were like, because you. He- <coughs> You know, there is a lot of people who doubted Paul when he first, you know, had his conversion. Do you reckon they were thinking about Jehu? Do you reckon they remembered? I think it?
0: that this would have been front and centre in their minds. Okay, yeah, yep. absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, I, I really do. Um, and we find evidence of that as we go further into the story, uh, particularly when he rocks up in Jerusalem, um, and the disciples are like, "Yeah, really, you are going to bring that guy into um into our midst?" Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <coughs> Even though they've heard the stories from Damascus, they know what has taken place in the past. But you'd be sort of a little bit skeptical as to what was actually going to take place.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: All right, so what if you were a Jewish leader then? Ooh. And, okay, and here's, here's the point He stands up in the synagogue, no one can answer him. I would be I outraged. I mean, it is, it is conclusive uh-huh. that Jesus is the Messiah.
1: Uh huh. I'd be quite outraged, I think. But at the same time, wouldn't it be a little bit interesting?
0: You would have to – there would have to be some level of conviction, wouldn't there?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. To someone who could – like, he couldn't even argue against even Because
0: even if you started off by thinking, okay, he's going to do a jihu here.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But then it's like, wait a minute, but I can't answer his arguments. Yeah, yeah. It's like, uh-oh.
1: Like, he's almost doing too good of a he's job. He's doing too good of a job. Yeah, yeah.
0: This, this could backfire on us. Uh-huh. And then, wait a minute, this is backfiring, backfiring on us because he actually believes this.
1: Yeah, you'd want to – I'd be like, quick, call someone. <laughs> go, go, go back to wherever he came <laughs> from and get the high priest or something.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so um, he stays there in Damascus for a little while. And they are, um, what, what do they decide they're going to do?
1: Persecute him and kill him. They're going to kill him. Mm-hmm. They're going to
0: kill him. Okay, what does this tell us? Let's think about this for a moment. What does it tell us about the authenticity of the gospel message and particularly... What does this tell us about the resurrection? Now, we've brought up this subject a number of times before, and we noted that with the resurrection, one of the greatest proofs for the resurrection was the fact that the disciples began preaching about the resurrection in Jerusalem just after it had taken place. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're going to start a new religion based on uh, a philosophy or legends, you go to a far country where nobody can say, actually, you know, I was there, that's not what happened, and they can prove you wrong. Yeah. You don't do it in a place where if the body of Jesus is still there, somebody can exhume the body and say, hey, look, guess who I just found? He's yeah. The body of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't do it you, where, where, where there is a reasonable explanation for, you know, uh, the body of Jesus disappearing. You do it in a place where you have absolute confidence that your story will be believed because the enemies of Christianity are claiming that the tomb was empty. That's right. So we noted that in the past, but here we have possibly the second greatest um, evidence for the resurrection, and that is the experience of Paul. Paul. Okay, so let's let's think about who Paul was and what he was set to become if he had continued in his old path. Mm-hmm. So who was he?
1: Well, Paul Saul.
0: <laughs> Paul Saul. Saul. Who was Saul?
1: Yeah, because he. W- at what point does his name actually get changed? About here. Okay, so he was a he was a Hellenistic Jew, mm-hmm. and uh, he was very scholarly. He he mm-hmm. had led under the best rabbi mm-hmm. rabban actually. What was his job? He. Was it a Pharisee? I don't know. He was a lawyer. A lawyer. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Well, he yes. was a lawyer. So he had smarts.
0: Do you know some lawyers?
1: I do know a lawyer.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Is he got uh, fancy car.
1: She is she uh, fancy car in the Netherlands, and uh, I don't know what she drives.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but have you noticed how lawyers often have fancy cars and big houses? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So here's here's Paul or Saul. Mm-hmm. He is set. Yeah, he is the rising star. He is the most brilliant lawyer that there is. A young man in Jerusalem, you know. This is um, this is, uh, um, (coughs) you know, suits on steroids right here, Mm
2: -hmm, mm -hmm.
0: and he has in front of him a life of wealth and fame and prosperity. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's his future. It's all been outlined for him. One of the reasons he persecutes Christianity because it's a bit of a threat to his future. And we know that, you know, Jewish people are talented at making money and becoming wealthy. That's what they're known for around the world. You know, yep. Bankers and so forth. Yep. And they have this unique ability. And he is set for life. And then he becomes a Christian. Mm. Okay, so what is this going to result in for him? Is, and you have to ask yourself the question, why did, why did Paul then accept the resurrection? Did he accept the resurrection because he's gone, you know what, I think if I become a Christian, I might be able to turn this into a better money spinner than being a lawyer.
1: No, he's, with his conversion, he's done a full 180 on everything. Has he
0: seen any Christians who become wealthy? No, not but at he's all. seen a lot of them I die. mean, he's
1: taken care of that mm. himself.
0: Okay, we're going to come back and talk more about it. This is Anthem Lights with All Creatures of Our God and King.
3: All Creatures of Our God and King Lift up your voice and with us sing Hallelujah, Hallelujah i
0: Light with all creatures of our God, and King here on Faith FM and we are back with our encounter with God. and what we found was that Paul was set to become one of the wealthiest men in Jerusalem. Mm. He has chosen to become a Christian. He has not seen any Christians who have become wealthy. He has not seen any Christians who have started off wealthy because all of the disciples started off as peasants, mm-hmm. um, <coughs> you know in very, very low socio-economic environments. He has not seen any uh, Christians who have prospered. You know, that says something about the prosperity gospel, doesn't it? Because all of the Christians that he has seen, he has endeavoured to capture and to throw into prison and to take their lives.
1: Like ruin their lives, not just yeah. you know, and financially he knows as that well. He
0: knows that this is the policy of um the, the nation of Judah.
1: He knows he's not gonna be rich anymore.
0: That's right. Yeah. It's 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 um it's 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 over for him. And he knows that because of his previous position, there's actually going to be a much bigger target on his back than the average Christian, and yet he has chosen to become a Christian. Mm -hmm. That has to be a very, very powerful argument in favor of the reality of the resurrection.
1: Absolutely. The story of of Saul becoming Paul is, for me... Such a story of hope and of power, because it really exemplifies (coughs) the power of Jesus and uh, the real power of Jesus and the the converting power of Jesus. Paul did such a one eighty. Who he was as like this murderous, scheming hater of Christianity, this open hatred of Christianity. And you know, and the path that he was on, and for the Lord to subdue his heart and to change who he was as a person, as a man, to becoming this lover of Jesus, to becoming you know, God's most prolific apostle, mm-hmm. it, it really speaks of God's power. It doesn't speak of the greatness of Paul as a person. It speaks of the changing power of God's love, and it, 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 I find this a message of hope because it means I have that same power available to me.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. In fact, if you go to Second Corinthians chapter five.
0: Chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 8 and 9. It's going to give us a very good illustration here. And you think, you know, Paul lived a long life. Mm -hmm. He was eventually executed. And you would think that somewhere through that life, if this was just something that he decided to make up, because, you know, people do something because they have something to gain from it. That's right. And. You would think that somewhere through here he would be like, well, you know what, I'm not really gaining anything here if it was something that he had just invented. Mm -hmm. (coughs) I am a very talented and highly qualified lawyer. I can make bucket loads of money in my profession. Uh, Why would I be living an itinerant lifestyle, travelling all around the world, uh, working hard, stressing myself out and just, you know, living on Struggle Street, making tents sometimes because I'm too poor to do anything else.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: When I could leave this behind and become a successful lawyer. Yeah. You know, imagine if he did, the Jews would have just loved him if he'd have done another backflip.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <coughs> would have been the greatest blow to Christianity that you could come across.
1: Yeah, it's like he tried it out and it didn't work, see? Yeah. That kind of a thing, yeah. yeah
0: absolutely. But for him, he says... Um, it was, it was just all gain to gain Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was nothing that he wanted to gain more than Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, chapter 4, verse uh, 8 and 9, please.
1: We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. <laughs>
0: And this is after he has been a Christian for quite some time. Mm, Yeah. You know, this is some of the greatest evidence that there is of the reality of the resurrection. Mm -hmm. If the resurrection had not taken place, you know, and Paul comes to his death uh, at the end of his life and that axe is about to fall, you know, it would be pretty easy to say, you know what? I just made it all up. It's true. And walk away with your life. life. If, If I made something up, there is no way I'm going to give my life.
1: For a lie. For a lie. Yeah, no, no yeah. not at all. For, for
0: something that I know is a lie. You know, some people give their lives for a cause that um, they are deceived in relationship to. But yep. on this one, it was, was not, you know, a, a, an issue of deception. This was not a situation where, you know, Peter came and preached to Paul and Paul was like, yeah, you know, that sounds good. And so Peter was able to deceive Paul. No, 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 no. Paul's conversion experience was independent from human intervention. Yeah. Yeah. It was a direct revelation of Jesus Christ. And this is one of the reasons why he said, you know, I did not receive. I think it was in Galatians chapter 1. Uh, Where did did we find that passage? Uh, For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. This is one of the reasons that that was Galatians chapter 1 uh, verse um, 12. This is the reason why Paul makes this point. You know, because he's like, I'm not deceived here. Mm-hmm. This was something that actually happened to me. Nobody convinced me of this. This was actually an experience and so when it comes to you know the resurrection when it comes to giving his life it's like, well you know sometimes people get deceived, but you know what i wasn't deceived. I experienced it and, and your experience is like, okay, so, you know people can argue against Christianity, but how do they argue against your experience? Yeah, because they didn't experience it mm-hmm. you know they can try and explain it like we were talking about during our um, news segment story this morning where it's like, you know, the, the 2.6% of atheists that there are in the world are always looking at Christians going like, oh, there's got to be an explanation for why religion exists. Um, <clears throat> we're going to come up with some kind of evolutionary explanation for it, um, not recognizing that as human beings we were created as spiritual beings mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that our lives are empty without spirituality. Mm-hmm. It's the simple reality of the uh, of the situation that we find ourselves in. And there is a hole in every one of us that only God can fill. Yeah. And you know, you're always gonna have that hole unless God fills it. But anyway, second <clears throat> Corinthians chapter eleven, verse twenty-three, please, mon. Second Corinthians eleven. Twenty-three to
1: thirty-three. Twenty-three to thirty-three.
0: <clears throat> yeah. Let's let's see. Let's see how this how well becoming a Christian went for Paul. Was it a source of fame, fortune, and Wealth and prosperity.
1: Are they servants of Christ? I know I sound like a madman, but I have served him far more. I have worked harder, been put in prison more often, been whipped times without number, and faced death again and again. Five different times the Jewish looters gave me thirty-nine lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night and a day adrift at sea. I have travelled on many long journeys. I have faced danger from rivers and from robbers. I have faced danger from my own people the Jews as well as from the gentiles I have faced danger in the cities in the deserts and on the seas and I have faced danger in the deserts sorry danger from men who claim to be believers but are not I have worked hard and long endured many sleepless nights I have been hungry and thirsty and have often gone without food I have shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep me warm Then, besides all this, I have the daily burden of my concern for all the churches. Who is weak without my feeling that weakness? Who is led astray and I do not burn with anger? If I must boast, I would rather boast about the things that show how weak I am. God, the Father of our Lord Jesus, who is worthy of eternal praise, knows that I am not lying. When I was in Damascus, the governor under King Aretas kept guards at the city gates to catch me. I had to be lowered in a basket through a window in the city wall to escape from him.
0: Yeah, okay. Wow. So when you uh, <coughs> read that list through there, I think we have life pretty easy, don't we, Mom? Yeah,
1: I, I was reading that and I'm like, man, my Christian experience is nothing like this. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's right. <laughs> and Paul did all of this because of his experience on the Nabascos Road. That's right. Because of the reality. of the, If the resurrection was not real, you would not do this. And so this is probably the second greatest evidence we have in the book of Acts Mm -hmm. for the reality of the resurrection, which gives us so much hope in in today's world. Mm -hmm. (coughs) Anyway, the resurrection. Without the resurrection, where would we be? Jesus raised from the dead, and we have hope. And you have hope today as you are listening in. We're going to be back soon with... uh, question of the day
1: give us a call if you have a
0: question by the way yeah we'd love to add it to the list
1: 1-800-FAITH-FM we will keep the
2: command
0: Paul's Ministry by the Isaacs, and uh, what a relevant song right there, Mon, Mm -hmm. to what we've been studying in the book of Acts.
1: Absolutely, it was a great song.
0: (laughs) And of course, you know the the words of that song there, I'm counting on you, Paul. Well, he's counting on you, Mon, he's counting on me, and he's counting, counting on you, our listener today, to take the gospel to the world.
1: And speaking of counting on people, we are counting on you to get this clue for this Yeah, what is it with you guys? It is is a hard one. Daniel in the
0: lion's den. Who threw him in the lion's den? It's not a hard one. This is an easy one.
1: Who am I? Although (laughs) I had Daniel thrown into a lion's den, I regretted having to do it and I hoped his God would deliver him. My name begins with the letter D.
0: Yes. He's related to the modern day Kurds. Oh, not the Persians. I
1: super don't think that's going
0: to help Lyle. The Kurds. He was a <laughs> Kurd. Come on, you know.
1: <laughs> if you know who that king is, give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM. It is now time for question of the day. You've
0: heard of the Kurds, right?
1: Yeah, but like lemon curd?
0: No, the <laughs> Kurds, in, 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 they're in Iraq, they're in Iran, they're in Turkey. Anyway, stop changing the
1: subject because I'm videoing now for Instagram oh, oh, TV. Oh, 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 okay. So, question of the day. Our question of the day today has come in and it is, who is the son of perdition?
0: Mm. The son of perdition is only spoken of in two places in the Bible.
1: Only two? Only two. So famous and only two.
0: Yes. John chapter 17. We will go to John chapter 17 and this is the prayer of Jesus and Jesus prays about the son of perdition. (coughs) So John 17. Uh, Let me turn over here very quickly and whereabouts do I find this in verse 12? Um, The Bible says, um while I was with them in the world I kept them in my name kept them in your name uh, those that you gave me I have kept and none of them are lost except the son of perdition that the scripture might be fulfilled and so here Jesus is talking about his disciples his disciples that the father gave to him And he said, look, none of them have been lost except for the son of perdition because the Bible did say that it would be one of Jesus' closest, one of the Messiah's closest friends who would betray him. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, obviously this prophecy is going to be fulfilled and one of those disciples is going to betray Jesus Christ. And we know who that is. Jesus was betrayed by Judas. And so Judas in the Bible is the only person who is actually named as the son of perdition. But the story doesn't stop right there because the son of perdition is mentioned, as I said, in two places in the Bible. Okay. He's only named here once, Mm -hmm. but he's mentioned somewhere else. And the second mention is where it gets super interesting because the second mention is a prophecy all about, guess who, the Antichrist. Ooh. So let's go over to Second Thessalonians now, and there are a number of major prophecies in the Bible in relationship to the Antichrist. In Daniel chapter seven, the Antichrist is described as a little horn. A horn in Bible prophecy is a symbol of a kingdom, a nation, a state. So we know the Antichrist is a is a government. In uh, let me see, in <coughs> um, Revelation chapter thirteen, the Antichrist is described as a beast. Once again, a symbol of a of a nation. In Revelation chapter 17, the Antichrist is described as a woman, which is a symbol of a church. So we've got a church and a nation, a church and state combined together. In John, the Gospel of John, and not not the Gospel of John, for it, the first letter of John is the only place in the Bible where the Antichrist is called the Antichrist. Okay. Everyone Everyone assumes the Antichrist is a, you know, Revelation coming uh-huh, uh-huh. It's not. It's not Revelation. It's not Daniel. It's not an apocalyptic prophecy. It comes from the Gospel of the sorry, the letter of first letter of John.
2: Oh.
0: But in Second Thessalonians, the Antichrist is described as a man of sin. Mm-hmm. Now this is interesting from a number of perspectives. So it's a little horn, so we know it's a little nation. It's called the man of sin, so we know it has a man at its head. No female head of state here. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we go over to um, Second Thessalonians, let's read about it here because this actually gives us a clue. He says, Now, we beseech you, brethren... Well, we're asking you, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by, by our being gathered together unto him. So he's talking about the second coming. That you are not soon shaken in mind or troubled, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us, that the day of Christ is at hand. He's like, don't be freaking out that Jesus is coming tomorrow. Why? Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day will not come except they come a falling away first, and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition. And so here we find that the son of perdition in the Bible is spoken of as the Antichrist. So what does this actually tell us about the identity of the Antichrist? Well, it tells tells us some interesting things. First of all, it tells us that the Antichrist is not going to be a bad guy.
1: What? What?
0: Don't look for the bad guy. Okay. Look for the good guy. Okay. So think about this. Was Judas bad guy?
1: Well, he was, but he didn't look it.
0: That's right. That's exactly the point right there. Judas was a bad guy, but he did not look like the bad guy. Judas was the guy who was always helping the poor and you know doing good things in the community. So look for somebody who's always helping the poor and doing good things in the community and who looks like the good guy, but behind his back is doing bad things. And so when you scratch the surface and sweep away the rubbish that's on top and do some investigation you're going to find that it is corrupt to the core on the inside. That's where we need to be looking for the Antichrist. Wolves in sheep's clothing. The Bible describes uh, the Antichrist as being.
3: Say For the waters have come up to my neck I sink in the My, My eyes fade
0: Guys, that was Matt and Josie Minicus with Psalm 69 right here on Faith FM, and we have come to that part of the day where, as always, we're going to give something a day, something away that uh, kind of rhymes there. And today we have something very, very special for you a music album, and these, of course, are always our most, fa- our most popular ones. We have an Anna Beden album to give away, it's kind of um, it's a really nice cover. But yeah. the words are upside down it's,
1: Artistic it, It's her Simple Joys album Which is probably her Most famous one And people love The songs up here We played them on our show And uh, they're very popular And uh, particularly uh, One oh, What's it called Pay Stub Yeah Pay Stub's a really famous one So we can have We can have this album for free Just be the first person To call us now 1-800-FAITH-FM It's 1-800-324-843 You can give us a call And we will send that to you Free of charge Of course it's the same number To call if you would like To register To win the Scarf.
0: Yeah, the scarf. Absolutely. So remember, if you want to win the scarf, you just need to simply send your name in and we will add it to the list and we will draw one of those names name next and week. Name a yeah. number. Name a number. That's we can, right. We can
1: tell you. We only want week? you a number so we can call you back and tell you one. We're not going to spam you or nothing. We're not going to collect your details for any sort of newsletter or thing. So don't don't be worried.
0: No, we'll just call you um, live on air and make jokes. No, we won't do no, that no, either. No, no. We'll just call you and let you know
1: you've won a scarf. Where do you want it sent Hey, food?
0: guys. We love your company every morning, So thankful that you join us And don't forget that If you would like to know more about the Bible We can make that happen for you And so give us a call 1-800-324-843 Or text us on 0491-064-669 Or send us a message On any of our social media platforms And we can arrange for you To learn more about the Bible With any number of different courses That we have available Whether they are correspondence Online, one-on-one Or small group We have contacts for the entire continent of Australia. How about that?
1: And, of course, we'll be back tomorrow morning after the 7 o'clock news. We hope you have a wonderful, blessed day, and we'll see you then.